episode. So I don't know if anyone saw the heads up I posted on my Instagram and other socials, but there's only going to be one upload this week. Uh, I was aiming for two, however, time kind of got the better of me with planning the trip. Uh, I only had one day to literally pack everything into <laughs> uh, one day when it came to just running errands, paying rent, all the, you know, boring shit you guys probably don't care about. I'm gonna be on a plane tomorrow, so I have no time to do another episode, so tonight's just gonna be a late night. <laughs> um, so that all said, we're doing a book review today, and we're gonna be doing a book called Blood of Deception, written by Kirosame on Wattpad. She's also on Inkit, so in the description section of this episode, I will put both her links. You can find her on both sites. This story is currently ongoing with a total of 36 chapters at the moment and it has 1.1k reads, 348 votes, and she does have on here that it's currently on hold. So with that all said, let's hop on into this summary. of these names. They are not American, and I attempted to look up the pronunciation. I believe they're Chinese names, um, and I believe it's Yuchia. That's that's kind of what I gathered from <laughs> the audio I listened to on YouTube, so hopefully that's correct. If not, I really apologize for that. That all said, we're gonna get on to the summary. Admits to war, love will not conquer it all. A sense of freedom and to be with the one she truly loves, those are all Mei Yu has to fight for. Until a tyrant sets foot into the peaceful kingdom with demands and deadly plots in mind. The fate of the court unexpectedly falls into the hands of a particular commoner, Li Yuqia, as he strives to protect his home and family. But what if the truth he discovers along the way threatens to break him and all he's known? Can Yuqia still be himself? And can Mei Yu stay true to her heart when a sinister general shows her his true colors? Um, so as far as the summaries go, I think it's pretty well written. Um, the only thing that kind of got me a little bit was the until a tyrant sets foot into the peaceful kingdom with demands and deadly plots in mind. I don't know, it just to me it kind of felt a little open-ended. Um, but aside from that, I liked it. I think it has the mystery aspect, it has that gripper that readers need, gives you a sense of the characters and their personal battles. So that all said, we're gonna hit what I'm assuming is a prologue. It's titled 15 years ago, but I'm assuming this is a prologue. <laughs> so without further ado, jump on into that. Be a fierce king with a kind heart. Be a son who I can watch over with pride through the heavens. Those had been the words his mother had spoken right before she breathed her last. Now she lay broken on the floor, soaking in a pool of her own blood, murdered right in her own bedroom, forever lost. Get off me! Taiyuan screamed. The boy had only one digit to his age, yet a group of guards and servants were upon him to hold him down. He barely saw what was happening in the near darkness. There were shots of alarm, of murder. There was the stench of iron mixed with a pleasing, heart-wrenching perfume. And there was him, thrashing next to the corpse of his mother. They grabbed his hands and tried for his legs. Then when they couldn't suppress him, they kicked him to the ground. 
calm, eerie moonlight streamed through the windows, ignorant to the wails of the sun. He had been a prince, but now they treated him as if he were a wild beast. The boy cried out when his hands were wrenched behind his back. He tasted dirt from the floor and sand from his shoes that forced him down. He was weeping, but soon his tears seethed from grief to rage. I said get off me! He kicked someone hard. When he felt his hands were loosening, his body sprung to action like an animal's instinct unleashed. He was to be king. His ability was trained in every perspective, but nobody taught him how to control his fury. At that moment, it was as if the world was abruptly awash in scarlet hate. The room piled with fallen bodies when Taiyuan managed to grasp a hold of his senses. He didn't know what he did, didn't know whether or not they were dead because they did not move. His wolf-like eyes shone in panic. He bolted out of his mother's chamber. He ran anywhere his feet allowed him in the dark, stumbling over the pavement but never slowed. The summer air blew with overflowing traces of despair. His heart shook with sobs. Taiwan would have been king someday. And for over anyone else, he wanted to be a good king for his mother. But she was gone. And he would never be if charged with the murder of the queen. Alarm rang among the troops as they raced across the courtyard to the scene. Their torches blazed and flickered like vengeful spirits. He avoided them with his swifter movements until he stumbled on a figure cloaked in black. Taiwan froze. He stared in fear as a silhouette stepped out beneath a gnarled ginkgo tree and extended out a hand to him. Come here, boy, she said. That's the end of the prologue. Um, the only thing I noticed is there are some few areas that I feel like need a little bit more clarity. There's a word I was looking for. So just to touch a few of those, um, the first thing I noticed was at the beginning, you have those have been the words his mother had spoken right before she breathed her last. And I don't know if you listen, you can listen back. Um, to when I was reading it. Um, usually I kind of interrupt myself as I'm reading, but I didn't do that this time. I tried to do things a little bit differently. Um, <laughs> uh, it kind of just felt like there was supposed to be another word after the word her last. Um, so I would might change that to her last breath, um, just so it kind of rounds off that sentence in a nice clean way, because right now it just kind of feels very open-ended. The other thing I noticed was you also said, and for over anyone else, and that's down at the bottom, um, you have him say, Taiyuan would have been king someday, and for over anyone else, he wanted to be the king for his mother. So the only thing that's weird to me is the, and for over anyone else. Um, when I was reading that, it did kind of take me a second mentally to kind of catch on that you, at least I assumed you were going for, if he was going to be a good king for anyone, he wanted to be a good king for his mother. But because of the way you worded it, it just kind of sounds really odd and it doesn't really immediately compute. You know what I mean? So I might try to find a different way to reword that to make it more clear that that is what you meant, if it is what you meant. If you meant that differently, don't be afraid to call me out. <laughs> the last thing I noticed was you have the word seethed, but soon his tears seethed from grief to so when someone's seething, they're very livid, like they're angry, really pissed off, if I'm just going to be blunt. So to say from seethe, his tears seethed from grief to rage, I don't know if you meant his tears ceased from grief to rage or what. It just, it just, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Maybe I'm interpreting the word differently, but I did look up the definition and it is past tense seethe, parse, participle, seethe. Um, being filled with intense but unexpressed anger. So to so say he's already filled with unexpressed anger and he's going from grief to anger, like you just said he already did that by saying he was seething. So I'm not really sure how true word that I've been sitting here trying to think of a way. Um, my brain's just not working tonight apparently. <laughs> um, obviously it's all just um, my opinion and 
you don't have to change anything if you don't agree with it it's just a suggestion um but you know i do think that especially when it comes to the breathe her last breath part i think that clarity is really needed because it does sound like when i listen back it does sound very like open-ended it just sounds like it's missing something so i'll stop rambling we're gonna hit that chapter one and i will see you guys there phase one beginning uts sent her weapons skidding across the training hall did you really expect me to hit you he asked then moved away to retrieve the practice sword mayu brought her arms down from her face yes she said although she reacted more out of impulse. Yeah may be a somewhat strict trainer, but she knew that he was gentle at times when it came to demonstrating and exchanging actual blows with her. Perhaps she only wanted to spite him for disarming her too many times to count. She watched as he placed the wooden swords back on the stand at a corner. His black hair was stark against the paleness of his clothes, tied up in a half ponytail that reached his back. It never failed to amaze her how his hair never really seemed to get in the way of their training. Hers might as well be the reason behind her slow progress. Did something happen at home? He asked. You seem distracted. He went to sit on the veranda just outside the threshold. His expression was questioning. Nothing happened, she said, going to join him. She wouldn't deny if she was absent-minded, though. He was good at catching her, she thought. During their sessions, her mind was filled with how it would be like to be able to do what she wanted, behave how she would, for an unlimited amount of time. It felt nearly surreal. They sat side by side in uncomfortable silence. The sun was just rising over the line of buildings. Golden light shone above curved tile roofs, chasing away the last trace of early morning. Near the training hall, the stable came alive when the horses neighed in stalls. Across the hall was a residence, a one-story mahogany structure with carvings for doors and a simple pattern for the windows. A stone dragon swam over the edges of the roof. The three compartments, including the training hall and the surrounding yard, made up Yuchia's household, which was usually well-known for his stable. There weren't many others who could rival his horses. Do you have errands to run today? She asked him. A bit later on, he said, sounding not so eager. She figured it must be related to the lord who had once accused him of bearing some affairs with his wife. Just the suggestion of Yuchia committing such act was preposterous. She couldn't understand why he tolerated it. He had a long list of other clients. Then again, like his roles, he was anything she had yet come to fully understand. Mayu wrung her hands on her lap. That usually happened when she was bracing for a talk she'd been preparing for. There might not be a better chance to ask him later as well. There is something I want to discuss with you, she said. His gaze fell on her. How long does it take to get to the south? About a day travel, he said without having to consider. Then at her face, he added, don't tell me you want to go there. Why not? she asked. She didn't understand the change in his tone. Why do you want to go there? To see how it's like, she said simply. Is something wrong? He didn't answer and refused to look at her as if she had spoken something to offend him. She nudged him with her elbow. It's not somewhere you should be at, was all he allowed. Why? She knew she was annoying then, but she couldn't help it. He was the only one she could think of to go to who was familiar with the southern lands. A new high was once prosperous in both the north and south. Nobles and high-ranked officials used to own most of the properties where they were turned into agricultural fields or left as pastures for livestock. Merchants used to run wild throughout the kingdom during the harvest season. But not long after the bloom, a deadly plague wrecked a third of the southern population. The wealthy ran north with the first sign of the disease, and the only of the needy were left to fall victim. After the plague died down, a great fire smothered the restore of the cities, killing thousands more. It took some time before the king could summon enough resources to reshape the south to one main city now called the Black Square. 
But it couldn't be, but it couldn't the same as before. Should definitely be, but couldn't be the same as before. Now there was a distinction between the two parts. The South was more of a place where goods were made, and the North was where they were served. Some primary sources did speak of long lists of crimes that mostly originated from the South as well, but none of that deterred Mayu's ambition. Yu Chia abruptly shut up, bewildering her. Go home, he said, and started to walk toward the house. Your family must be worrying. She couldn't believe he was acting like this. From all the time she'd snuck there to see him, he never tried to shun her home once. Fine, she said exasperated. If you won't talk, then I'll find someone else who will. She stood up. Then what? What are you trying to do? He demanded from behind. Nobody had used that cold manner to speak to her before. No one dared. Then I wish to assist those in need. She faced a hard look in his eyes. You told me life in the South is much more of a struggle. I hope to help and maybe make some reforms to those people. How? She hesitated. In any way I'm capable of, she said, knowing it wasn't what he wanted to know, but hoping it was enough. And I need your help. He was staring at her, and the hope bloomed again. He had agreed to most of the things she requested before, including the dismissive questions regarding her family and why she had to sneak out to be able to meet him. As far as she told him, it was only until the part where he lies were woven to make a half-truth. I can get the protection we need and no harm can come, I promise, she prodded. I think you used prodded incorrectly. Prodded means you're attempting to get information out of somebody. Um, so I would say she promised or she pleaded. Um, I think pleaded would work a lot better because she is pleading for his help and trying to win over his help by kind of making the offer a little sweeter by promising protection and that no harm will come to him. So I think you meant pleaded, but I'll continue. He looked away. No. Disbelief made her speechless. Go home, he urged again, soft this time, and forget about this. This time it was her turn to avoid his gaze. She marched out without another word. The sun was beginning to beat down the pavement of the ethereal city, a new hive kingdom's capital. Activities bustled on the market road lined with shops, stalls, inns, and restaurants. Vendors called out for a try at their products. Different smells of smoked fish, meat, pastries wafted through the air. I would say meat and pastries. The reason why that is is because once you use a certain amount of commas, the last comma you- like the last thing that you're referring to has to be comma and then this. So. That's just something to keep in mind when you are using your commas, listing off a bunch of things. Three or more things, it has to be fruit, veggies, and milk. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Moving forward. Mayu strode among the gathering crowd, pleased with the almost non-existent attention she attracted from passerby. A greater part of her face was concealed beneath a thin veil. The commoners outside the Forbidden District would never imagine that a princess would be strolling among them. Well, not that the people inside would. So... That doesn't really make a lot of sense to be saying, well, not that the people inside would, because if she's wearing a thin veil, then neither would the people outside, because if they can't really see her features to, you know, show distinction of who she is, then whether they're inside or outside, they wouldn't be able to see her, and that's kind of what she's getting at. So adding the, well, not that people inside would, just kind of seemed a little unnecessary, because um, it might be a thin veil, but a veil is still a veil, and it still does prevent someone from seeing a clear image of their facial features. So I don't think saying at least the people inside would not be able to notice. So I think nobody would really be able to notice unless they really, really got a good look through the veil, or even just lifted it up leanly. Um, moving on, though. Up to the right, I think you went off to the right. She saw the restaurant where Yuhia's sister, Zhang Hong, was currently working at. 
She glanced into the building, trying to see the girl buzzing along with others, but only found unfamiliar faces and a man whom she believed was the owner. I would say buzzing along with the others. Folks were swelling at the market as more businesses started. I would say more businesses opened. The thought of being squeezed among the mass of eager bodies wasn't entertaining, especially concerning her size. She walked quickly ahead and searched for an escape route that would lead her home. A rickshaw puller emerged some in alley at a corner of her eye. She headed for it. So, I saw this sentence early on. I actually tried making sense of it then, and I couldn't. I don't make sense of it now. Um, I don't understand emerge some in alley at a corner of her eye. That just whole sentence, I don't even know how I would personally rework that. Because I don't even really know what you're trying to convey. I think you're saying that she saw a rickshaw puller out of the corner of her eye emerging from the alley, but it just doesn't, it just, when you read it, it just comes off very, very strange and it doesn't really make sense. It kind of makes my brain kind of stutter and be like, wait, what? <laughs> so I don't know how you're going to rework that, but it does need to be reworked because it really just doesn't make any sense. It's not painting a clear picture. It's just kind of jumbling me. After a few guessing turns, Mayu was on the other side of the main street and was surprised to find the peace there. Air blew more freely. A huge inn was in prep for business behind her, and that was about it. Rows of identical bronze buildings on either side belonged to private residents, some of their porch lanterns competing with the sunlight. Barely anyone was walking by, and the ones that were all headed the same all headed had the same direction as they crossed the other side. So you're saying, uh, you said either side, other side. It just it's just some lacking of detail. Like I wish that like you could just maybe put in like instead of saying cross the other side like maybe give a street name or give a roundabout like are they heading towards the same business or whatnot like I, I it just kind of it's lacking something and it just kind of doesn't create much of a visual for me which i'm really struggling with um I, i'm not really getting a really good idea of what this city looks like you know mayu however was glad to be rid of the stifling atmosphere Still found it peculiar. Found what peculiar? I don't, I don't, also I'm sorry if I say peculiar, weird, uh, peculiar. I just, I struggle with that word. I always have. I used to say peculiar because that's just a word that just, it doesn't matter. But I don't know what she's finding so strange. Is the hustle and bustle strange? The lack of hustle and bustle? You know, just kind of, what, what is so strange, you know? to Yukia's house and back commuted through the main road. She was looking around the place and trying to guess the way that led to the Forbidden District Gate when someone yanked her arm backward. Startled, she whirled around. Two men dressed in dirty clothes stared back at her. The bald one still had his hand on her arm. Mayu tried to jerk away. What do you want? She accosted. So the only thing right here is you said the bald one, but you didn't really tell us the identifying features of both men. So, I mean, like, it's how we now we know one's bald, but it doesn't distinguish him from the other one, because the other one could be bald for all of our knowledge, you know? So, maybe before you say, the bald one spoke, or she said to the bald one, like, maybe first tell us the details of the two men. Like, one man was bald, short, and stout, while the other was tall with hair that hung in greasy threads. Like, that will t like that's just some detail and then you can say the bald one still had his arm on her hand like you know what i mean like just kind of give us more detail to really kind of know the distinguishing features of these two gentlemen who clearly aren't gentlemen but you get what i mean <laughs> the man eyed her from head to toe he exchanged a look with the other lean leaner guy who stepped up and tore the veil from away from her face hey 
she exclaimed, still struggling with her arm. Her captor smirked at her bare face. She'd never received such insolent regard before. Unhand me. She stumbled as they dragged her to an undisturbed section of the road. It was an alley with a dead end facing her back. They both barricaded the narrow path, then the bald man finally released her arm. Here to tell me where you're going? You seem to be in a rush, he said to her. May you recoil from his breath. Mind your own business, she bit, though her chest was starting to race. I wouldn't say chest, I would say heart. In that moment, she really wished she heeded Yukiya's advice more seriously. The argument seemed so far away. What do you so was she already in the south? I thought she needed directions getting there. Or are these different... Is this like a different argument they had? I'm very confused. The argument seemed so far away. What do you want? She asked again, refusing to show her anxiety. Is it money? Her captor's lips curved. You got some? A no won't do, young lady. I can tell by how you dress. His gaze went along the length of her dotted peach fruitine. I had to look at the pronunciation for that. I hope that that was correct. She had gone all the way to scheme for the servant robe she was wearing now, hoping to be easily dismissed. Then if it's a servant's robe, then how can they tell she has wealth? Okay. She had gone all the way to scheme for the servant's robe she was wearing now, hoping to be easily dismissed. Anyone in the city could guess that much about her outfit. Clearly these two men weren't from this place. She had an idea where. So I understand what you're trying to say, but the way that you described it just sounds very... I'm just not a fan of the way that you described that, because it just doesn't really... It just sounds really kind of messy. Fine, she said to them. She needs to be back home. Anything would do. She stepped back a little before reaching into her chest pocket. Her fingers only touched the fabric. She searched her sleeves. Both were empty. The pouch must have been left inside her own clothes when she was in a hurry to change earlier. The bald guy tutted. Have you got it? Yes, Mayu replied right away, pretending as though her pouch had fallen too deep in the sleeve. Her mind scrambled for an escape. It's right here. She withdrew her hand a fraction and caught his interest. He leaned forward eagerly. Then she riveted her eyes abruptly to the road beyond them. Don't do it, she shouted. Both women whipped to the empty space behind them. Mayu seized the chance to slam her leg between the bald man's thighs. He cried out, doubling over. His companion startled. She shoved against them and slipped past, already running for her life. The guys behind her roared. Footsteps stormed after her. She sprung as fast as she could, hating her long robe and unpracticed legs. There was absolutely no one around. She shouted for help, but fear clutched her throat. Her fantasies were hurled to her back. The inn was just ahead. Mayu toppled over when her hair was wrenched by a monstrous force. She cried out. Before she hit the ground, impact struck the back of her neck and everything fell into oblivion. And that's the end of chapter one. So I have some uh, notes because I had to step back from this chapter and kind of take a break um, because this chapter one versus the prologue is so different. And I say that in the ways of the prologue. <laughs> It really gave me the feeling that it was polished and edited and it was kind of combed through and yes there were a little bit of things that I pointed out but overall it was a very enjoyable read. I was really excited to move on to chapter one and then coming to chapter one this feels more like a rough outline of what the author wants the chapter to consist of. It feels just a bit lackluster in comparison to the prologue and like I don't mean that to be rude. I, I really don't because I can tell from the prologue this author has so much understanding of writing 
and of where they want their story to go and how they want it to be told and to read the prologue and then read this it was very frustrating for me because this is why i tell people make sure your work is polished to your comprehension and to your ability and i feel like the author did themselves a disservice by not giving the first chapter the same attention they gave the prologue. And I really hope they don't take offense to that because I'm saying that knowing you are capable of really writing some amazing work and some amazing details. Like honestly, the prologue just had such such a great detail and such great wording and descriptors. And then this just has lackluster in all those categories. So I, I did write some notes down, um, which is something I don't generally do. Um, but I really just wanted to give the author a fair read and really try to like maybe push them in the proper direction. So we're gonna go back to the beginning. So the first thing is, um, you said that he, the wooden sword's back on the stand at a corner. At a corner doesn't really make sense to me. That should probably be in the corner of the room or something at a corner just doesn't sound like a correct phrasing for me. Um, and you also have, uh, it never failed to amaze her, how his hair never really seemed to get in the way. It should be amaze her. Honestly, it's really just kind of like phrasings. That's like the issue. Um, you have parts where you said, um, you had if she was absent-minded. So you have that she, you have her stating basically that she is being absent-minded after he asks her, you know, are you, like, what's on your mind? Did something happen? You seem distracted. And she says she wouldn't deny if she was absent-minded though. I would just get rid of the word if because if implies that she may or may not be, whereas you say she was absent-minded though, conveys that she is indeed absent-minded. So having if and then the though afterwards, it kind of just kind of misaligns with the actual fact that she is absent-minded. The how would it be like? <laughs> so that one I really struggled with. So you have this part right here. Her mind was filled with how it would be like to be able to do what she wanted. Now saying how would it be like to be able to do what she wanted, I know you're trying to convey, like, she's wondering what would her life be like if she was able to act how she wanted, do what she wanted, and be who she wanted to be. But because the sentence is so wordy, it's really hard to really convey that completely without thinking about it. And you don't need your readers to think that heavily on one sentence, especially a sentence as simple as that one should be. Um, and unfortunately, when I read that, it did kind of make me stutter mentally, be like, what? So, so I really think that that line needs to be revised, like maybe her mind was filled with the possibilities of what her life would be like if she was able to do what she wanted to do, or something along those lines. Just kind of simpli like simplify that sentence, because the way you have it, just it is really too wordy. It's, it's just, it's kind of messy. Um, and then you have, um, I mean, all this book needs is attention to the details and just making sure your wording makes sense. And I feel like part of the issue is I feel like you're trying to speak very formally because back in the day, people did speak a lot more eloquently, but I feel like you're so focused on sounding formal that it kind of like wraps you up a little bit. And then the wording as a whole, when you read a whole sentence, just sounds too jumbled. You have here, that usually happened when she was bracing for a talk she'd been preparing for. So instead of saying that, I would say something close to a habit she gained throughout the years whenever she needed to discuss something of importance. Because it's still saying what you are trying to convey, but it just, 
it adds a little bit more detail, a bit more background. It's just a habitual thing, and it just doesn't sound as open-ended. And that's like a lot of the things that I've been seeing is that something sounds open-ended or it just doesn't really make sense. Below, in your second section of chapter one, you have her going through the city and whatnot. And, you know, it's just... I don't really know what the city looks like and like I start getting pieces of the visual but then just as I start getting pieces I get tripped up by wording or something just not making sense to me in general and then I lose that vision. To the author, you have an amazing prologue. You really do. And I would just really like to see this be edited and just given that same attention you gave the prologue. It was a little disappointing because I was really hyped after reading the prologue. I'm not saying there isn't good about this chapter. I think your premise is good. I think your story in general overall, if it's just polished, is gonna be good. Because um, reading your prologue, like, like I said, your descriptors are amazing. It, it's just, it really is a shame. I feel like you did yourself a disservice here. But that all said, I genuinely hope that you're not too upset with me for what I've said. It's not coming from a place of negativity. I'm not out to get anybody. You know, that's not what I do with these reviews. My reviews are intended to be helpful and to be honest, most importantly. And if I wasn't honest to you about the prologue versus this first chapter, I feel like I would not be doing what I've set out to do with this podcast. So that all said, thank you guys for listening if you have continued to listen throughout the entirety of this episode. I appreciate it and to the author, if you would like to discuss things further, please feel free to message me on Wattpad or if you want to email me if that's easier, please feel free to do so. That all said, I will see you guys all in the next episode when I come back from my vacation and I hope you guys have a lovely week. Cheers. Mm -hmm.